the things you prayed for. Chapter 4 Avengers Assemble New York, 2012 The future has good sandwiches. That's what Luke decides she can focus on right now. It's either focus on piling shawarma, chopped vegetables, and sauce onto her pita, or focus on the fact that it's 2012, a date right out of a sci-fi paperback. And aliens just attacked New York. And now she's sitting in a half-demolished restaurant that says, World's Best Schwar on its broken sign. The whole front of the restaurant is filled with rubble, broken tables, smashed chairs. There's an alien spaceship crashed right outside. The robot suit-clad billionaire, who tossed her on top of it so she could stab its brain, is sitting next to her, haphazardly constructing his sandwich, still wearing half of his armor. She's breaking bread with two super spies, an alien demigod, and a short old guy who introduced himself as Sorcerer Supreme, but don't worry about it. Merle's fine, kiddo. Loop has some questions about Lucretia's team-building decisions. It's like the director cherry-picked the weirdest possible roster of misfit superhumans and told them to play nice. Actually, that pretty much is what Lucretia did. Loops, a super-soldier who crashed a plane into the Arctic after saving the world from a potential atomic winter, and woke up in the future. Tell that to Lupa five, seventy-five years ago, and she'd call you nuts. Maybe Loops just a character in astonishing stories. Maybe this is a dream, and she fell asleep listening to the radio, and Taco's going to wake her up and scold her for wasting his battery. That would make so much more sense. You all right? Hallwinter asks. Loop startles. He's watching her. The guy's hair is all tousled, and he looks tired, but he still manages to look a little embarrassed for making her jump. Sorry, You've just been staring at your tomatoes for the past three minutes. We didn't have tomatoes in the 40s, Loop says, and puts more tomatoes on her shawarma. One of the super spies, the woman with the bow and black-fletched arrows, who Loop personally saw shoot a grappling hook at one of the weird little alien sleds and clamber onto it mid-air, laughs. The other spy, who Lucretia introduced as Reaper, and who hasn't yet volunteered a real person name, looks faintly concerned. It's a surprising expression on his face, because in the brief time Loop's known him, he's confined his expressions to vaguely murderous. But the Arrow Lady was apparently brainwashed by aliens for a bit, and it looks like they're close. Loops, not certain about the details. She woke up a week ago. Things have been moving kind of fast. Nobody told me Captain America was funny, the Arrow Lady says, grinning. They invented humor after I was frozen, Loops says, and if it hurts to make a joke about it, all the dead friends, all the time she's lost, 
At least the joke releases some of the tension in the room, makes everyone at the table relax more. Fighting aliens with people doesn't mean you know them. Call me Loop. Raven, the woman says, or RQ if you like. Tall, dark, and brooding next to me is Kravitz. I bet he didn't tell you his name, did he? I didn't have time, Kravitz protests, looking suddenly all indignant. And all, he's a dork. Part of being a person is introducing yourself, Krav, RQ says, faux primly, and takes a huge bite of her shawarma. Is this a Midgard thing? Magnus asks around his own mouthful of food. I'm Magnus of Asgard. We know, bud, Merle says good-naturedly. Magnus grins at him. It's important. They remind Loop of the Howling Commandos. It's been a week. It's been seventy years. If she closes her eyes, it's just like being back, down to the ache in her muscles from a good fight. She could use a nap, but she's just slept for nearly seven decades. They literally unfroze her last week. Thinking that is still strange to her, just like the rest of the future is strange. She woke up to the sound of a baseball game, not a new one, when she remembers listening to two years ago because it had been a fucking disaster for the Dodgers, and her girlfriend at the time was super worked up about the whole thing. Things continued to be wrong. She opened her eyes, and not a minute later, a nurse in a starch-stiff uniform walked in and said politely, Captain America, you've been out for quite a while. And Loop had smiled, a little hysteric, and said, Yeah? Cool, cool. Uh, where am I? Because the lady's bra under her uniform had been the wrong shape, and her makeup was the wrong color, and her hair was down, and they never had their hair down in a hospital. Even the pajamas Loop was wearing were weirdly cut, and oh shit, she'd probably been captured by the hunger. The hospital, the nurse, said, with a pretty picture-wrong smile. You've had quite the crash. I'll send the doctor right in. Welcome back, Cap. Loop knew a lie when she heard one. They were trying to manage her. The army wouldn't call her Cap. She flexed her toes, her fingers. Everything seemed to be in order. She nodded at the nurse. Sure, she said. Send them in. And when the nurse left... Loop sprung into action, because they were stupid enough to leave a super-soldier uncuffed. Her fears were well-founded, because when she bust through the thin walls of her hospital room, she found herself in the cold hallway of some weird government building. And then there were people shouting, and she was running down the hall looking for an escape, a way out, something to fight with if she needed to, and she was out, crashing through a window and running through an alley, down the street, not looking around, just Booking it, and the lights, the noise, the chattering people, 
like a vision out of the movies, like the whole winter expo, like nothing Gloop had ever seen, like no place on earth. She felt like she couldn't breathe. There was just so much, and this was Times Square, and... You gave us quite the scare, Cap. A woman, an older black woman with white hair, said, walking up to her all slow, as if not to spook her. I told them that this was the wrong way to wake you. I apologize for the confusion. You can call me the director. I lead an organization called S.H.I.E.L.D. Where am I? Loop asks. She realized she was barefoot. The director walked closer, put a hand on Loop's shoulder as if to comfort, as if to prevent her from running again. When, she said gently. 2012, New York City. You've been asleep for a while, Captain. That statement was so fucking outrageous that there was no way a rational person would believe it. Except Lucretia was black and a woman, and that wasn't like the hunger. Except Loop was there, and it was Times Square, and this was the fucking future. And now she's helped Lucretia's team. A team Lucretia wants her to lead. What the fuck? Defeated an alien invasion, and it's been a week, and it's been 70 years. And nobody else here, except the alien, has command experience. She wonders who's going to do cleanup. Loop folds her pita bread and takes a bite of her shawarma. Yeah, the future has good sandwiches. If only she'd gotten meals like this after battles during the war. The war she can't believe is over. That it's history for most people, the way the Great War was history to her. Except not quite the same. It's been a real fucking long time. She shoves that thought aside. If she focuses on the future, she doesn't have to think about the past. Between the aliens and half of Manhattan being rubble, there's enough to be getting on with. She swallows her bite of sandwich, puts it down, and leans forward on her forearms. So what now? We just finished defeating a space army, Cap, Merle says. Give us a minute. My knees aren't what they used to be. You just stood there and did weird magic, Magnus pointed out. Yeah, and my knees aren't what they used to be, Merle says again, and Magnus tosses a stray piece of onion at him. Lube grins despite herself. Hallwinter shakes his head. Cap's right, he says. Considering the way they argued earlier, about weapons, plans of attack, soldiers, and mercenaries, it's a surprise. But outside the influence of the alien cognitive weaponry, the bickering seems stupid. We should start thinking about the next steps. If we don't, someone else will do it for us, Kravitz says. Controlling the narrative is important. Hallwinter shoots him an appreciative look, and Kravitz shrugs. Huh, 
Luke didn't know they knew each other outside of work. I'm going to get Hallwinter Industries personnel on the ground, helping with the cleanup, Hallwinter says. Good press for us, and it'll get things moving faster than if we wait on the government. He looks at Kravitz and RQ. No, uh, no offense. We need to check in with S.H.I.E.L.D., RQ says. Should probably tell the director I'm not mind-whammied anymore. Kravitz looks faintly pained. I need to get back, Magnus says apologetically. I need to check on Julia and get the scepter and Kaelin back to Asgard. Midgard really shouldn't have had this stuff. And I have to go check on the wards against the dungeon dimensions, Merle says, like the dungeon dimensions are a real thing that exists. Magnus nods, so maybe they are. Luke takes another bite of her sandwich. Food was a good idea. Hallwinter was right about that. They didn't get off to a good start, but maybe that's what happens when you meet someone two minutes before the... Anne apocalypse? Hallwinter looks thoughtful. His hair is all ruffled, and his glasses have a crack in them. The reactor in his chest glows a clear blue. Is this going to be a thing? He asks. The Avengers, I mean. Are we doing this? Thought you were a solo act, Hallwinter, Loop says, and then feels slightly bad because she's not actually trying to antagonize him anymore. I explained things badly on the helicarrier, he says. When I said I wasn't looking to join Lucretia's team, I meant that I didn't want to be on anyone's payroll. I have other responsibilities. The company... He shakes his head, as if clearing his thoughts. It dislodges building dust from his hair. Loop remembers that Hallwinter's already pulling double duty. She feels, maybe, more sympathetic to him now. The guy was ready to fly a nuke into space. That's, well, there's some experiences that you have with people that make it impossible to dislike them, and fighting an alien invasion is one of them. Hallwinter glances at her. What if we're going to be getting, uh, well, shit on this scale regularly, then maybe having a team ready is a good idea. Loop realizes that he's waiting for her approval. S.H.I.E.L.D., Lucretia, told her about the Captain America mythos, the way the legend took off after her death. It seemed like a load of bullshit, but she's actually starting to believe what they told her. With the way Sladar's son looks at her, the way the spies and the others, strangers' coon teammates, defer to her. They shouldn't, is the thing. Lube's just a soldier out of time. And Hallwinter, you still want me to lead it? She says, a question disguised as a statement. He grins, rueful. Yeah, sounds sappy, but the team's gotta have a heart if this is going to work. And call me Barry, please. A heart, 
half her heart's dead and buried, which is a stupid, sentimental thing to say, but she's never really figured out how to be a person without Taco around. She takes a deep breath. She's going to have to learn. A new mission. A new team. Okay. Of course, she says, and gives him her best smile. Not the Captain America one. The crooked smile that's all her. Call me Loop. Turns out, Barry is much better to say during sex than Hull Winter, anyway. Present Day Loop is on a covert op ship floating off the coast of China, just shy of international waters, and she's pissed. She just finished rescuing a whole lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. operatives being held hostage by French mercenaries, and everything has gone to shit. There was a plan. She'd jump from the helijet first, since she didn't require a parachute, and take out the guards on the perimeter. Kravitz and the strike team would follow. Kravitz would infiltrate the ship, fast and quiet, to kill the engines and stop a potential international incident, when China realized there was an American intelligence operation bobbing along their coastline, while she took out the mercenary leaders on the bridge. The strike team would get the hostage out safely. It was a solid plan. A good plan. A plan that should have been followed. A plan that relied on Kravitz joining up with the strike team to escort the hostages to lifeboats and somewhere not crawling with heavily armed mercenaries so S.H.I.E.L.D. could finish clearing it and get the thing the fuck away from China. Loop likes S.H.I.E.L.D. strike guys just fine, trusts them to get the job done and all, but when it comes to hand-to-hand -hand combat in close-quarters situations, they're not the Reaper. Hell, even if they were just talking about shooting people, nobody at S.H.I.E.L.D. could match up to Kravitz's finesse, except maybe our Q, and she uses a bow and arrow. Kravitz, where the fuck are you? Loop asks, her ominously silent calms, peeking around the corner and forging ahead. You were supposed to rendezvous with the hostages. We were supposed to get them out of here. You're... Instinct has Loop raising her shield a split second before the bullets hit, ricocheting off the vibranium surface and puncturing the much less sturdy steel deck. She lowers it to glare at the giant who steps out from the shadows to loom in front of her. A thick-necked, muscle-bound dude who sneers down at her like he thinks she stands no chance against his heft. I don't have time for this, she says. I've got an operative MIA. Can we please cut this short? You want to fight hand-to-hand, -hand, little girl? Loop rolls her eyes and makes a show of taking the shield off her arm, like she's planning on lowering it, her fingers curling around the edge of it as she calculates the angles in her head. Sure, she says. That's one way we could do this. 
Loop waits until he shifts into a fighting stance, fist curled and under his chin, and then flings the shield hard at the deck so it bounces away behind her attacker, up against the wall of the ship, and then behind her attacker. He only has half a second to laugh, like he actually thinks she missed it before it slams into the back of his head and knocks him forward onto the ground with a resonant thunk. Loop jumps to catch the shield before it bounces across the deck and into the ocean. Or you could choose to cool it with a casual misogyny. Probably too much to ask for, huh? Loop kicks the guy's shoulder, and he stays down, so she switches her comms back on, turning her back to him. Seriously, Kravitz, I've had a long night, and I need... The dude she thought she one-hit KO'd slammed into her like a freight train, sending them both careening into a closed door. It slams open, and Loop barely manages to lunge an extra few feet forward, moving with the momentum of the ball, before they hit the floor. She lands hard, but manages to roll up into a crouch a few feet away from her attacker. This is awkward. Loop twists, looking over her shoulder at her supposed backup for this mission. Kravitz! she says. The fuck? He's bent over a computer terminal, doing something on a workstation. The room is full of banks of them. It's a spy ship. Loop assumes they're for the spying that went on. She's pretty good with modern tech, but not an expert. She's dating Barry Hallwinter. He's a pretty good resource whenever she has a computer issue. I'm almost done, Kravitz says, eyes flickering in her direction. And then there's a gun in his hand. He raises it and fires a single shot over Loop's head and nails the guy who jumped her between the eyes as he's pushing himself up. Done what?! Loop gets to her feet and kicks the dude's corpse much harder this time. The bullet's done its job, though, and when she turns back to Kravitz, he's typing away on the computer. Our mission was to save people and get out. Your mission was to save people. Mine was this. Kravitz is all business as he pulls the USB drive out of the computer and then points his gun at the terminal and empties his clip into it. Loop winces at the noise. Krav, I've got a boatload full of hostages that you were supposed to help protect. We could have lost someone. But you didn't, Kravitz says, tucking the drive into his tight-fitting jacket. You had a whole strike team with them, Loop. Everyone's fine. Everyone's fine, but I'm here looking for you instead of escorting the hostages. We had a plan! Loop knows Kravitz understands why she's objecting. They're supposed to be a team. They're supposed to work together. Before the Battle of New York... In the week between waking up and fighting aliens, 
Shield had Loop working on acclimating herself to the future. Everything was different, louder, brighter, taller, and at the same time nothing had changed. Taco was still gone. Everyone looked at her and saw Captain America, not Loop. Sladar was dead. Davenport was holding on, but didn't remember her half the time. Loop did her future homework, learned about history and politics and how a metro card worked, jogged along for a week, and then, well, aliens attacked. After the battle, things changed. The world knew she was back. The world had superheroes, and she was one of them, part of a team again, however loosely affiliated they were. She got offered a real job with S.H.I.E.L.D., and the job came with a partner-minder friend. She's pretty fond of him, actually. It was a good plan, Kravitz says, like he didn't completely ignore it to check his email or whatever. Loop, I had a different mission. Loop glances at the ruined computer in front of Kravitz, there are only so many people who outrank her, and Kravitz will massage the rules, will bend them just to the point of breaking. But he doesn't disobey a direct order on and off without a very good reason. Lucretia, she says. The corner of Kravitz's mouth twitches upward momentarily. A tell that absolutely has to be deliberate, because Kravitz doesn't do tells. If you want to talk to someone about my mission on the ship, she'd be a good place to start, he agrees. How are the hostages? Shall we go find them? You're changing the subject on purpose, Loop says, gesturing Kravitz ahead of her. You go first. I don't want to lose you again. My mission was need to know. I couldn't tell you about it, says Kravitz, gamely leading the way. Loop's pleased, honestly. Kravitz's willingness to have her at his back means the deviation from her plan really was a procedure thing. If he didn't trust her anymore, he wouldn't let her have this opening. I'm going to have a word with Lucretia, Loop says. There are people on this ship that were counting on us. Gravitz glances back at Loop, and his earlier ghost of a smile is back and fully fledged now. And they were right, too, he says. I never doubted you, Cap. I'm still mad at you. Loop points her shield at Kravitz. The handsome face and tight clothes won't work on me, babe. Wouldn't dream of trying to charm you, Kravitz says, like a liar, as he turns his attention back to the long expanse of the ship between them and the hostages. Barry's a friend. Loop doesn't want to be angry with Kravitz and Lucretia. She still is. Loop's supposed to be in charge of her team. She's supposed to know what her team is doing when they're on missions together. She needs to know where Kravitz is, 
If something had gone wrong, they wouldn't have had time to look for him. She takes a day. She punches some stuff. She tries to cool down. It doesn't work. Being Captain America means that when she's in the cap outfit, she can get in pretty much anywhere she wants, as long as she puts enough conviction in her walk. The swagger is half her own self-confidence, half her brother's talent for performance. Taco was always real good at making people think he knew things he wasn't supposed to, and that he belonged all kinds of places he didn't. Putting on the uniform, donning their shared persona, stings a bit every time. But it's good, too. This is Taco's legacy as much as it is hers. She uses it to walk right into Lucretia's office. Lucretia, we need to talk. Lucretia looks up at Loop and raises an eyebrow. Captain, do you remember Brian? He was one of the hostages you and your team rescued, she says, gesturing towards the well-dressed man sitting in front of her. The lead analyst, in fact. He was just singing your praises. Captain! Brian says and smiles at her, wide and open. Such an honor being rescued by the Captain America! I was just telling the director that I really must invite you to my wedding. Loop wasn't expecting to be confronted by a very cheerful former hostage when she burst into Lucretia's office. In retrospect, it makes sense that Lucretia would debrief the analyst in charge herself. You don't need to invite me to your wedding, babe, she says, putting on her best cat voice. Just doing my duty. Oh, so charming, Brian says, and clasps his hands together as he gets to his feet. Please, darling! Having Captain America in attendance would be a coup. This is selfish of me, really. I insist. Expect the invitation in the mail. He looks at Lucretia, still smiling. I won't keep the captain waiting, director. Brian, good to see you. Brian gives Loop one last sunny wave as he leaves. Loop had a whole thing planned out, but it's completely gone from her head now. Lucretia's ahead of her anyway. I assume this is about you discovering Agent Kravitz during his mission? She asks once the door to her office closes behind Brian. Lou turns to scowl at Lucretia because, right, she's got a good reason for being here and a good reason for being mad. His mission that you didn't feel the need to tell me about? He was on my team. He wasn't where I needed him in the moment, Lucretia. People could have died. I need to be able to trust the people I'm working with. I need to know they've got my back. Lucretia gets to her feet. I'm glad to have you here, Loop. We need people like you. But sometimes the situation can be more complex than it seems on the surface. 
I had a ship full of people to save, Loop says. How complex is that? You could have told me you wanted Kravitz to copy the ship's hard drive. I would have factored it into my plan. If she'd had known, she wouldn't have been relying on Kravitz as an extra layer of protection for the hostages the strike team rescued. She would have allowed extra time for him to get from where he cut the engines back up to the ship's main server room to copy the data he needed before sending the strike team in would have planned around his absence, instead of running around the ship looking for him. Lucretia doesn't react, just keeps staring at her, and Luke pauses because... shit. If I'd have factored Kravitz copying the hard drive into my plans, the whole team would have known it was being copied. Which you didn't want. Lucretia, what the fuck are you planning? I'm still your boss, Lucretia says, a wry smile on her face, despite the fact that she's been hiding things. Spies. Try not to swear at me. Let me show you something, Loop. She turns towards the door and gestures for Loop to follow her. Lucretia leads her down the hall to the elevator and scans her palm and her iris. Project Insight, please, she says. Director Override. The elevator heads down fast towards the lobby. In Loop's experience, the important stuff at S.H.I.E.L.D. is kept further up. In some cases, like with the giant flying aircraft carrier that had served as the Avengers' base during the Battle of New York. Literally in the sky! Downstairs is Finance. HR. She had to have her ID badge photo taken there, and the intern who'd taken her photo had asked for her autograph, too. Is this something you're showing me the door? Seriously, you can just tell me what's going on. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm captain. Loop cuts herself off when the elevator hits the ground floor, and then keeps going down. Lower than she'd been aware Shields Washington, D.C. headquarters went. Lucretia's watching her as the elevator car clears twenty feet of solid concrete shaft, reemerges in a glass tube. On the other side, there's a massive hangar, big enough for helicarriers, big enough for three helicarriers. Huge, and loaded with guns. What the fuck? Language, Lucretia says, voice dry in a way that means she's amused. This is Project Insight, the next step in global protection. Technology that can read a terrorist's DNA and target them from the sky. With this, we'll be able to neutralize a threat before it manifests. Stop attacks before they happen. Loop frowns at the helicarriers and their arsenal. Processes the sentiment, stops attacks before they happen. The concept of reading DNA from the sky. And then turns to look at Lucretia. 
You're going to hold the world at gunpoint? We're supposed to be the good guys here. Sometimes doing the right thing means getting your hands dirty, Lucretia says. I don't want to hurt anyone, Captain, but if you had the technology to ensure peace, to put an end to global conflict as we know it, wouldn't you use it? Wouldn't you have a responsibility to use it? Oh, pretty fucking sure that nobody's gonna complain if you don't fill the sky with giant fuck-off guns, Loop says. Does Kravitz know about this? Is this what you were stealing shit for? It's not stealing if it's from your own organization. That was... related. And Agent Kravitz tends not to question direct orders, Lucretia says, skimming straight past, dry, to downright amused. Unlike some members of this organization... Yeah, well, somebody needs to call you out, Lucretia, Loops says. And I'm going to be the first in line for this one. This is wrong. It's wrong, and we're supposed to be better than this. We have to be better than this. Lucretia smiles at Loop, but there's no mirth in it this time. She looks tired, older than she should. I admire you, Loop she says. I admire your morality and your determination to stand by what you believe, but sometimes someone needs to be a pragmatist. Right now, that someone is me. She gestures to the helicarriers and their guns. Nobody wants these ships to have to fire, but Project Insight has been years in the making. The world will be safer because of this. You're taking away the world's freedom, and you're not even asking first, Loop says. Lucretia, come on. You know this is wrong. Sometimes there are no good choices, Lucretia says. They're just the choices we make. This is a bad choice, Loop says, voice firm with conviction. We did this kind of thing before, pointing giant weapons at each other, making people live in fear. You're threatening the entire world. Project Insight is the next step in global protection, Lucretia says. It's almost ready for launch, and this isn't protection, Loop says, cutting Lucretia off. This is a threat. Lucretia nods, as if conceding Loop's point, as if saying that, sure, Loop is right. It is a threat, but that's not going to change anything. If you would like to lodge a protest now, I'm afraid you'll have to go above my head to the defense secretary. But I'm sure Secretary Miller will be happy to meet with Captain America. Loop knows when she's being flown off even if she's a little flabbergasted that Lucretia is the one doing it to her. That Lucretia is standing, telling her she's wrong to worry about the guns S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to point at the world. Loop 
turns on her heel and storms back to the elevator. Loop goes back to the museum. She goes back to the museum to look at Taco's memorial plaque, to watch the newsreel footage of them together, laughing, and wishes that Taco were here for her to complain to. She knows Kravitz is around, lurking somewhere in D.C., but he's part of what Loop wants to complain about. She could call Barry, but technically he doesn't have the security clearance. Mostly, she misses her brother. Loop walks around the Washington Mall until the sun goes down, then gets on her motorcycle and heads back to the apartment S.H.I.E.L.D. rented for her stay in D.C. They're trying to get her to stay here. But Barry's in New York. She's not going to leave him for her job. Especially not when Lucretia and S.H.I.E.L.D. are apparently making decisions Loop fundamentally disagrees with. She's still stewing over the helicarriers and Project Insight when she opens the door to her apartment and hears music. The radio, volume low, playing something French. Loop's shield is in the living room, propped up against the wall, where she dropped it, coming in from the last mission. The living room is also where her radio is. Loop moves fast, getting into the room and grabbing her shield in one smooth motion, brandishing it at the occupied chair in the corner of the room where... where Lucretia is sitting, alone in the dark. Loop frowns, lowering her shield. Lucretia she says. What do you want? Do you break into a lot of... Lucretia holds up a hand to cut her off and pulls out her phone, typing something on it one-handed. I'm sorry to barge in like this, Loop, she says. We left things in a bad place. I wanted to apologize. Loop raises her eyebrows. Lucretia turns her phone so she can see the screen. It reads, They're listening. Don't know who's compromised. Okay, Loop says, glancing around the apartment. Lucretia must mean shield, which means Lucretia thinks there's a mole at shield. You couldn't have waited until morning to say something? She reaches over and flicks the overhead light on, and lets out a startled sound when she sees Lucretia illuminated by the light. Lucretia looks... bad. There's dried blood in her white hair, and one of her eyes is half-swollen shut. She's holding her right arm to her chest like maybe it's seriously injured. Loop wasn't expecting this. Lucretia gestures towards Loop's hand by the switch, shaking her head, and when Loop doesn't get what she's saying, gets up from the chair and reaches over to flip the lights off. Two shots shatter the pane glass window on the other side of the room, and Lucretia goes down hard. 
Loop raises her shield to cover herself and drags Lucretia out of the window's sightline into the hallway. Her door bursts open and Noelle, the cute nurse from next door, is beside her, gun in hand. Captain, are you all right? she asks, her eyes scanning the apartment for danger. It is a shield building. Loop probably should have known that Noelle wasn't just a nurse. The director's been shot, she says. Assailants on the roof next door. Call it in and tell them I'm in pursuit. In pursuit? Lou doesn't give Noelle time to finish the question. She takes a few steps back, then runs towards the already broken window at top speed, jumping through it and executing a rolling landing on the rooftop of the building next door. The shooter is already running, already booking it across the top of the next building, and he's fast, like no ordinary person should be fast. He's fast like she is. She takes off after him, half her attention on Lucretia's assailant, and the other half on the rooftop in front of her. She's mentally judging her jumps as she goes, pushing herself to go faster, run harder. The guy might be good, but he's not her. She gains on him, making up the distance he had on her, with his head start, jumping from roof to roof, and then they're standing on the same building, the same rooftop. Loop doesn't wait to take her shot. She hurls her shield at the dude, aiming for his torso to take him the fuck out, and he catches it. He snatches the hurling projectile that is her shield out of the air with one hand like it's nothing. Like it's a fucking frisbee. The man on the rooftop turns to her. He's dressed in all black with a mask over most of his face. His left arm, the arm that caught her shield, gleams like Barry's suit, like it's metal. He throws the shield back at Loop, hard but clumsy, because getting precision with it takes work, and it slams into her chest with so much force it sends her stumbling back a few steps, has her almost falling over onto her ass. When Loop looks up, the man is gone. The apartment is crawling with shield agents when she returns. Lucretia's on the gurney outside, surrounded by EMTs. Loop runs to her side. I couldn't catch him, she says, jogging alongside as an EMT wheels Lucretia towards the ambulance. Loop feels startlingly useless. She's Captain America. She should be able to catch one dude, even if she's still shaken by him catching her shield midair. I'm sorry, I tried, but he... I don't know what he was. Lucretia grabs Loop's hand, presses something into her palm. One of the EMTs is trying to put an oxygen mask on her, but Lucretia pushes them aside and tugs Loop down so their faces are level. Loop can hear the way Lucretia's breath rattles in her chest, wet and labored. Take it, she says, urgency and pain thick in her voice. Don't trust anyone. Of course, Loop says, and Lucretia's eyes roll back as she passes out. The EMT finally gets the mask in place and gently nudges Loop away. Loop lets herself be moved, 
She has to let go of Lucretia, let her be whisked off in the ambulance to the hospital. She should go get on her bike and head there, too. Lucretia will go into surgery right away. Modern medicine has done wonders. People survive things now that they wouldn't have survived before. People make it through injuries that would have been a death sentence during the war. When Loop opens her hand to see what Lucretia gave her, she's holding the USB Kravitz copied on the ship. She's holding whatever information Lucretia was willing to sacrifice a ship full of hostages for. Information. Lucretia says Luke can't trust anyone with. Luke calls Barry on her way to the hospital. Are you driving right now? Barry asks, his voice tinny in her earpiece as she heads towards the hospital. You know I hate it when you call me on the road. Babe, you call me when you're flying. Loop says. Yeah, but you're not in a metal suit. Loop would laugh if half her brain wasn't focused on whether Lucretia was going to be okay. I'm durable, she says. Barry, Lucretia was shot tonight. She was over at my apartment, and someone, it was an assassination attempt, I think. He was a professional. He was, he outran me. He caught my shield! There's a long, staticky silence on the other end of the call. Fuck, Barry says eventually. Attempt, you said. Is she? I'm on my way to the hospital now. Loop swallows past a lump of fear in her throat. Is this line secure? Another pause. Barry doing some tech stuff, probably. Loop likes technology a lot, loves what the future has done with it, but she never bothered to get into the details like Taco used to. Taco and Sladar lost hours picking the hunger tech apart to figure out exactly what the fuck they were doing with the, she now knows, as guardian shit they were piggybacking on. It's secure, Barry says finally. No prying gears. Loop, what? Lucretia passed me a USB she got Kravitz to copy off of a ship. I thought we were just rescuing hostages. It was. Lucretia told me not to trust anyone, and I don't know. It's got to be encrypted or something, right? I don't know how to break that, but I need to know what I'm dealing with here, babe. I need to know what's going on. Kravitz could... Barry trails off. You don't think she meant not to trust Kravitz, do you? I don't know, Loop says. Is there any way you could take a look at this thing and tell me? If you plug it into a computer connected to the net, sure. Not from your pocket, though. Barry's silent for a moment. I guess flying out to D.C. would look suspicious, huh? Loop snorts. The hospital is in sight now. Hella suspicious, yeah, she says. I got this. Don't worry. I'll call when I'm by a computer. Let you know what's going on with Lucretia. 
She pulls into the hospital parking lot and cuts the ignition. Maybe it's in her head, but she can feel the tension in the air, like the crackling calm before a thunderstorm hits, like the moment before the bifrost opens. Something's coming. Babe, I love you. Barry laughs, warm and familiar. I love you too, he says. Let's not make this a horror movie goodbye thing, okay? I'll talk to you soon. Yep, Loop agrees, grinning. Not a horror movie, promise. Talk soon. The warmth Loop feels after talking to Barry dissipates as soon as Loop finds Lucretia's operating room. When she opens the door to the operation room beside it, Killian and Kravitz are there already. Kravitz's eyes flicker away from Lucretia briefly to Loop when she walks in, but other than that, he doesn't move from his spot by the window. How is she? Loop asks, but nothing about the bloody operating room or the way the doctors are rushing around look good. They're trying to stabilize her, Killian says. Loop, what happened? They're saying she got shot at your apartment. Lucretia doesn't bother correcting Killian. She can keep shoving DC at her, but the missions they send her on don't compare to living in her city. Her apartment is back in New York, the Hall Winter Tower. Kravitz has a place there, too, although honestly, Loop's pretty sure Kravitz has a place in a few cities. He's the kind of guy who has backup plans for his backup plans. It was a hit, she says. Professional. I tried to chase him, but he was... fast. Unnaturally fast. Like he was enhanced. She frowns, staring into the hospital room, but only registering her reflection in the glass. The confusion on her face. It shouldn't be possible for someone to move like the man on the roof moved. For someone to be that strong. She keeps thinking about robots, maybe. He caught my shield out of the air. He had a metal arm. It's only because she's looking at their reflections and not Lucretia on the table that she sees the brief flicker of recognition on Kravitz's face, there and gone, and smoothed over right away, as if his face never held a human expression in his life. From anyone else? Nothing. A moment of mistaken recognition, maybe. From Kravitz? Might as well been a panic attack. I'll tell our field agents to be on the lookout for someone matching the description, Killian says. Anything else? Loop shakes her head. My height, I guess. We're all black. Had a mask covering his face. Do you think... She's cut off by visible and audible panic in the operating room. The doctor is calling for epinephrine, trying to restart Lucretia's heart. The sound in the room is drowned out by the ringing in Loop's ears as she watches them try to... Loop watches at the ledge underneath the window. Her fingers press against the glass, 
tries to keep her breathing steady, tries to will the doctors in the other room to succeed. They call it. Loop steps back, away from the glass, and looks at Killian. She has tears in her eyes. She looks angry. Kravitz is gone, just gone, and Loop is... Loop is angry, too, abruptly, at Kravitz for leaving, not sticking around for Lucretia, who trusted him enough to send him to retrieve whatever's on the USB in Loop's pocket. She turns to Killian, who's wiping her tears away like she's annoyed with them. Are you okay? I'm fine, Killian says, and pauses. Not fine, but I'll be fine. I need to pass on your description. We're going to catch the bastard who did this, Loop. Don't worry. Loop nods. I'm gonna... Kravitz, she says, and squeezes Killian's shoulder before leaving the room to hunt Kravitz down, that dick. He knows something, and he left the room. Loop's trying not to let the whole don't-trust-anyone thing get to her, but he's been acting suspicious as fuck. She doesn't want to suspect Kravitz, but he's not exactly making it easy, bolting from the room. He should've. Kravitz grabs her arm and yanks her into an empty hospital room, his hand over her mouth, cutting off her yelp before it leaves her lungs. Loop throws an elbow back to knock him away, but he's slippery as fuck. Dodges the blow. He lets her go, and by the time she turns to throw a punch, he's got his back against the wall with his hands raised in surrender. What the fuck, Crab? What's going on? The man you saw, Kravitz says, expression blank and deadly serious. It was his left arm. Loop hesitates, then nods. You recognize the description. You know him. Kravitz pauses, then lifts the hem on his, honestly, absurdly tight shirt. Loop is about to ask what the fuck is he doing, but then he taps his stomach, pulling her attention down to an ugly scar. Loop was, is, a soldier. She recognizes the aftermath of a bullet wound when she sees it. A man matching his description did this, he says. I was on a mission, soon after I joined S.H.I.E.L.D. Extraction. Escorting an engineer out of a war zone and into S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. Our tires got blown out and the car flipped. I dragged my ass out and shielded him with my body. Your shooter shot through me. Lube hisses a breath in through her teeth. And you survived that? I'm resourceful, Kravitz says, tugging his shirt back down. Ballistics are going to come back as unmarked slugs, no rifling, Soviet-made. He pauses. There's a lot implied in that pause. Loop wants to press further, but she's not sure Kravitz would tell her anything. This isn't her friend, Kravitz, the one who met her at the museum and asked her about her brother. This is the other him, 
the Reaper. This is a man who other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are wary around, who invites rumors about being some sort of automaton. They call him the Winter Soldier, Kravitz says eventually. Or, at least, he's called that by people who believe he exists. He's credited with over two dozen assassinations in the last fifty years. His lips twitch into a smile, but there's no humor behind it. The Assassin's Assassin. A ghost story for ghost stories. Sounds like a myth, Loop says. Kravitz's eyebrow twitches upwards, and he looks more human now, more like the asshole she knows and likes. And what are you, Captain America? Kravitz has a point. Lucretia told me not to trust anyone, Loop says. What did you steal from the ship? Kravitz shakes his head. I don't know, he says, and when Loop takes a step towards him, he frowns at her. Loop, it's not my job to know what I'm stealing. I was asked to copy the hard drive, so I did. He pauses. You think this has something to do with the ship? Why? Lube digs the USB out of her pocket, holds it up so Kravitz can see it. Lucretia passed me this just before the ambulance took her. It's encrypted, Kravitz says. No one but Lucretia can. Barry's going to open it. Kravitz gives her an unimpressed look, and Loop shrugs. Lucretia should have known better. I'm not going to hide things from my team. I told her that when I went and I yelled at her about your secret spy shit. Besides, have you got a better idea for cracking it? No, Kravitz admits after a moment. Barry was a good choice. I know, Loop says. Listen, we need... Cap? She stops talking when someone outside calls for her, chewing on her bottom lip. There's a chance that she's being paranoid, thinking that Lucretia meant S.H.I.E.L.D. when she said anyone. Except, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s about to put the biggest fuck-off guns in the sky, and maybe Loops lost some of her faith in the cause. Maybe Kravitz's suspicion is rubbing off on her. Maybe she's not being paranoid enough. She passes Kravitz the drive. Hold this for me, she says. I'll be back as soon as I'm debriefed. The defense secretary's face is pinched all sympathy and understanding, when Loop enters his office. When they told me the news, I was devastated, he says, standing to offer Loop his hand. The director and my mother were good friends. She was like family to me. Loop had no idea Secretary Miller and Lucretia knew each other outside of work. She's never met Lucius Miller before today, but now he's the interim director of S.H.I.E.L.D., as well as the Secretary of Defense. It makes sense. 
he and Lucretia would have had to work closely together to make sure S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't stepping on too many toes internationally. The work the Avengers do crosses a lot of borders, and Lou can't imagine it's easy to convince other countries they should allow a team of superpowered foreigners free reign. Lucas's office is too big, too nice, all shiny surfaces and leather. It looks like some teenager's fantasy of what an adult office should look like. Maybe Loop is just being uncharitable because she got called away from the hospital for this meeting, and she's still on edge from Lucretia's last words to her. She takes his hand. I'm sorry for your loss, secretary. Please, call me Lucius, Lucius says, pushing his glasses up his nose. I may be temporary director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and secretary of defense, but you're Captain America. Lucius, Loop says. There's something about him that rubs her the wrong way. The way he says, Captain America, maybe. Poorly hidden skepticism. But she can't fault that. She's got an expedition at the Smithsonian on right now. It makes her seem like a relic. I'm sorry to be blunt, but I just came from the hospital. I haven't really had time to process anything yet. Why do you want to see me? Lucretia was shot in your apartment, Captain, Lucia says. I understand that you chased the person responsible. Did you get a good look at him? He leans against his desk. I want to find the people responsible for this. Loop stays where she is, keeping her posture army upright. Very Captain America. Not a good look, no, she says. He was in all black, a mask over most of his face. Something makes her hesitate, even though Killian got the full description of what she saw. Kravitz telling her about the Winter Soldier, maybe. One of his sleeves was silver? Like a uniform, maybe. He slipped away pretty fast. A shame, Lucas says. I'll make sure our strike teams have your description. You never know what might turn up. And one more thing. Lucas picks up a tablet from his desk. It looks different from the one she's seen other agents using. Modified, maybe. When Lucas puts his thumb to it, it lights up. Your last mission was a hostage rescue, correct? A shield vessel off the coast of China? That's on record. Yeah, she says. It was a successful op. No injuries to the hostages. Impressive, Lucas agrees. Captain, we looked into who hired the mercenaries who took that boat. Do you know what we found? Lube has the feeling she's not going to like whatever the answer is. She shakes her head. No clue. Lucretia. That? No, she says, frowning. Sorry, secretary, but your intelligence is wrong. Lucretia's the one who sent me on the mission. Why would she endanger lives like that? What purpose could taking a boat hostage and then sending S.H.I.E.L.D. in to rescue the hostages possibly serve? I don't know, 
Lucas says, looking up at Loop, eyes keen behind his glasses. But the money trail Artex followed from their bank accounts led back to a shell account in the Cayman Islands. Our hackers were able to determine that it belonged to the director. I don't want to believe she was guilty of anything, any more than you do, Captain. I certainly don't want to damage her reputation and death. But I've got to ask, to your knowledge, was anything removed from the ship? Lube thinks about Kravitz and the thumb drive. Like what? she asks. Maps? We got the hostages off the ship as quickly as possible. Your strike team says that both you and the Reaper failed to make a schedule rendezvous. Of course, Luke gets assigned the strike team made of snitches. Kravitz had trouble with one of the mercenaries, she says. I helped him out. It slowed both of us down and knocked out Kravitz's earpiece. I discussed it with Lucretia when we returned. Lucas stares at her. It's obvious he doesn't believe her, but Luke doesn't know the guy from Adam. Kravitz is her friend. I see, he says, and taps his finger against his tablet screen. Thank you for your cooperation, Captain. That will be all. Loop has a bad feeling about this. No problem, she says. Happy to help. Lucas doesn't walk her out of his office, just sits at his desk, still playing on his tablet. Loop's trying real hard to put Lucas's behavior down to him being socially awkward and upset over Lucretia's death. But who the fuck knows now? The past couple days have been a clusterfuck. Loop leaves Lucas's office and heads to the elevator. Kravitz is, hopefully, still waiting for her at the hospital. She steps inside, pushes the button for the lobby, and presses her forehead against the glass wall, looking out the side of the Triscalian at the Pontemac. She doesn't even know if Lucretia has family out there. Maybe Killian would know. She worked with Lucretia longer. Kravitz might know, too. He's got a thing for people's secrets. Lucretia was apparently friends with Lucas Miller's mom. He'd know. Her introspection is interrupted by the elevator stopping at the next floor. Luke turns to face the doors so S.H.I.E.L.D. employees don't walk in on her looking maudlin. Five men in strike team uniforms and two in suits, bored. Only the men in suits are obviously uncomfortable, obviously sweating. And the strike team looks nervous. Captain, says one of the strike guys. Sorry to hear about the director. Real shame. Yeah, it was, she says, watching him closely. Thank you. The elevator car stops again, and four guys who look less like S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and more like New Jersey bouncers get on. The car is crowded and everyone shuffles around to make more room. Shuffles, Luke can't help but notice so they've got her surrounded. Loop's really, really not having a good week. She shifts in place, wishing her shield wasn't currently locked onto the back of her motorcycle. 
bringing it inside had seemed paranoid. Kind of rude. Nine against one in a glass elevator. Cool. Look, it's been a long day, she says. If we're going to do this, can we do this? The answer to her question is the guy in front of her pulling out a weapon that looks like a fancy cattle prod and whirling around to jab her with it. Luke twists out of the way, people never expect Captain America to be slippery, and grabs his wrist, yanking him forward. The prod hits one of the men trying to grab her from behind, one of the men trying to grab her from all directions, and there are nine of them. Nine of them and someone else has the same fucking weapon. The second rod hits her in her ribs, and her whole body goes rigid with pain as a bolt of electricity courses through her nervous system. It's enough of an opening to let the men behind her get a firm hold on her. They drag her back, and the men in suits pull out sturdy-looking cuffs. There's no fucking way she's going to let those go on. Loop lashes out, slamming her heel into the kneecap of one of the men holding her right arm, and he drops his hold. It gives her just enough time to slam her fist into the face of the man holding the cuff. It goes flying from his hand, and she kicks him in the groin as hard as she fucking can. She knows how much that hurts, and he fucking deserves it. There's nine of them, but in a small space, it feels like more. Feels like an army of men coming at her, all at once. Luke can't plan, can only react. Knee in a vulnerable stomach, a jab of her fist to someone's throat, a foot to the back of a knee. I had a bad night, and I'm having a bad morning, Luke says, slamming her right elbow back so hard she hears a distinct crunch from the face of the dude trying to grapple her from behind. My friend is dead, and this is how I need to spend today? Come on! It's not personal, says the guy who offered his condolences on Lucretia. Then he hits her with a cattle prod. Luke bites back a yelp and fights through the pain burning up and down her left side so she can slam her fist into his face and knock him back hard against the elevator doors. Sure feels personal, babe. She's the only one left standing in the elevator, breathing heavy. She's thinking very uncharitable thoughts about S.H.I.E.L.D. as an employer. Lube doesn't know what she did to attract this much negative attention, but something's going on with S.H.I.E.L.D., and Lube's going to find out what the fuck it is. The elevator comes to a stop, and when the door opens, there are people waiting. Soldiers, ready to fight. And Lube gives them an unimpressed look, raising her fist and shifting into a fighting stance. Fine, she says. Let's get this over with. I have some plans this afternoon. End of chapter four.